three things. Number one is, what is it like to walk through a valley? And how do you get out of the valley? <laughs> and if you can't get out of the valley, how do you walk through the valley? And so we're going to just talk th through those things tonight. And I'm happy to say that I'm looking at this scripture tonight from a perspective of being through a valley. In fact, there's been a couple of massive valleys in my life, just, just a, well, probably two or three major valleys that I can think of that I've walked through in my life. And you guys can probably think of some things that you've walked through as well. Um, so you might be right now in the middle of one. You might be coming to the end of one. You might be just entering one. Pray for you at the end. <laughs> but um, what I do know is this, is that um, you will always come through a valley if you stick close to God. You always come through the other end. And the other end is so unbelievably good that you'll, yeah, that you'll thank God for walking you through it. <laughs> At the time, you don't thank God for walking you through it. You're like, God, why are you making me go through this? This is hell. But actually what's happening is he's walking you through something to get you to the other side of something. And um, that's what walking through the valley is. So, um you know, the greatest lessons I have learned in life have been learned not in good times. <laughs> They've been learned through valley moments, the, the greatest lessons. And as, as I said, I thank God for those lessons. But at the time, I was not thanking God. Uh, I would get myself into um, places where I was convinced that this was God's fault that I was walking through this valley, that if he loved me, he wouldn't be letting me walk through this valley. And so the story goes. And those are probably familiar thinking patterns for you too. Um, but about 18 months ago, I had this thought, and I hope you never have it. But about 18 months ago, this thought came to me and it was, gee, I haven't been through a trial in a while. <laughs> It's almost like asking for it, but actually it wasn't, it's not like a superstitious thing that when you think that, oh my goodness, all of a sudden a trial's going to arrive. It's not about that. But I think sometimes what God does, or what he does for me, because he's very kind to me, is he gives me a little bit of a heads up about things. And I thought to myself, I haven't been through a trial in a while. And just over the next couple of weeks, it became really clear to me that I was about to walk through something. Now, it didn't bring a sense of fear because God never brings fear with him. It wasn't, that, it wasn't that God brought fear. In fact, it was only the enemy that brought fear at the end of the day. But God doesn't bring that fear. But he did, he did prepare my heart to walk through something. And um, I had no idea at that time what, this, what it looks like. I, I was thinking, well, I don't know what this trial could be. You know, I don't know. Um, but sure enough, over time, <laughs> it began to be revealed to me what this trial was going to be about. Um, and when the trial started, I'm not going to talk to you about all the ins and outs of what the trial was about and everything. Um, but, <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'll tell you the next preach. That's part two. But, um, but when it began, I start to, started to experience a very high level of fear and anxiety in my life. And I'm a bit prone to that anyway, so, you know. But, um, but in that level, that high level of fear, God spoke to me in about um, a period of about two to three weeks. He spoke to me about three or four times very clearly. Now, I'm not talking about an audible voice, but I'm just talking about the beautiful voice of a shepherd, a good shepherd who knows what's coming up. And who wants to give you things that you can hang on to in the middle of a storm. And so 
he spoke to me about three or four times and those words, I didn't realise at the time, but those words were going to be my anchor for the next 12 to 13 months. So um, going on, I'm, try, I'm trying not to skip too far ahead, but um, I remember talking to my beautiful friend Madeline. I just think Madeline's just one of the most amazing people on the planet. Fist pump, she's agreeing, she's agreeing. Um, and we were speaking and she said, why don't you get all those words that God has been speaking to you, why don't you print them out and stick them on your wall? And it took me about two or three weeks to do that um, because I was in such turmoil. I didn't know whether I was Arthur or Martha, but I, um, I, I did it in the end. I printed all these things out that I'd felt that God had spoken to me to get me ready for the next 12 months. And they're still on my wall today. And about a month ago... I knew the trial was over um, and I haven't taken them down yet, but I know I'm getting to that point where I'll be able to actually take them off my wall, praise Jesus, because I'll be all the way through the trial. So um, so the words that God spoke to me were very important at that time. And as I said, the season ended up lasting about 12 months. But here's the thing about valley seasons in your life. Sometimes they can take a while to walk through. And we don't like to hear that because we would like to think that God is a God of instant, miraculous, supernatural miracles. And sometimes he is. But there are other times when the journey is part of the process of a miracle happening in your world. And it might take 12 months, it might take two years, it might take three years. But if you keep God right next to you that whole time, he will walk you through that valley. And um, so what happens when God says, I'm going to walk you through? And it's a bit disappointing when you hear that. <laughs> I, I never forget um, about several years ago, about six or seven years ago, I went through one of the greatest trials of my life. It was a physical, emotional, mental onslaught. Um, I was very ill for a while. My body was way off balance. I was experiencing a whole bunch of things and you guys have heard that story. So I won't go through that again. But um, he did say these very specific words to me um, in the middle of that trial. And, and these, these were the words. He said, I'm not going to deliver you out, but I will deliver you through. And, and that, again, another word from God that became an anchor for the next 18 to 24 months that trial took. And, um, and so I, I, I understand now a little bit about how this works, that... You know, sometimes God delivers us through a trial and not out of one in a moment. And so what happens when you have to walk through it and it's just no quick fix and you just have to trust him day by day by day? Well, the most important thing, church, that you need to understand in a valley is this, is who is walking with you? Who's walking with you in the valley? And and that's actually what this scripture is all about because David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. And here's the, here's the phrase, for you are with me. For you are with me. And you know what? Friends are really important in those times. Family are really important in those times. But if I hadn't had the words that I had that were spoken directly from God, don't know where I would have ended up. And so tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about hearing from God in trials because it's so important that you have these anchors to hold on to. It's who is walking with you. And if you follow his lead, here's the promise, you will get through that valley. You absolutely will. 
So step by step, the faithful shepherd will lead you. He'll show you where to go and what to do. So what's the valley of the shadow of death? It's, it's different for everybody. The valley of the shadow of death can be a whole bunch of different things. But what it is characterized by is a very thick darkness. And in that darkness, you can't see sometimes even one step ahead of you. Sometimes you can see a couple of steps ahead, but I know I've been through things in my life where I can't even see one step ahead. I don't even know what's going to happen in the next half an hour. I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't even, I don't know. But it's characterized by that thick darkness. You can't see your way through and you can't see your way out. And often in that place, that fear begins to attack. So what you need to know about God is that he is a good shepherd. And as we've been doing this series, Psalm 23, I hope that that has been hit home in your heart, that he is a good shepherd, that where he leads you are good places, that no matter what you're going through here tonight, it's going to lead, it's all going to lead to a good place because he's a good shepherd. You can be sure of it. It's all going in the right direction, but you have to stay with the shepherd. Otherwise, you'll wander off on your own. Who knows where you'll end up? <laughs> so God can see in the dark. So when you're in your valley and you are, it's cold and dark and you can't see one step ahead, know this, that God can see in the dark. He sees everything in light and he has power over the enemy. He knows where to go and how to get there and he'll get there safely. You know, there's nothing worse than being in a crisis when no one knows what to do, right? <laughs> and I'm going to tell you a little example so um, this is an example where I'm the hero. So I love telling this story. <laughs> I am the hero of this story, Mads. Okay. So this is what happened. About six months ago, I was going down the parkway, Wakehurst Parkway, near where I live, and there was a, quite a, um, an accident in front of me. It wasn't a huge accident. It wasn't like anybody um, was terribly injured or anything like that, but it was a decent accident. And... Um, and I, well, all I saw was the accident happening up ahead. I heard the noise from quite a while away and, and I pulled in um, to just see if I could do anything, right? So here's the hero part. So, so they all stood around looking at each other in shock and I can totally understand that. You know, when you've had a car accident, you can't, your brain's not really thinking straight. And so, you know, I can't blame them. But, but like a boss, like a boss... I swooped in church and I said, right, we need to call an ambulance. And then I said, and then we need to call the police because they need to redirect the traffic. And then we need to call this lady's husband because she's freaking out. <laughs> and so I made all the calls <laughs> like that. And, um, you know, I, was, I don't know why, but I felt like um, I was familiar with accident protocol. It's not like I've been in a lot of accidents in my life, but... But I, ha I did do a first aid course <laughs> and I have also done the pastoral care elective at C3 Church and the pastoral care elective t teaches you how to deal with crisis and how to help people through crisis. So, so I stood with this lady who was freaking out and, you know, and I just, I felt like a bit of a, you know, legend. I came swooping in and helping the people, just helping the people help to shepherd them into a good place. And, um, so listen, I didn't know much about accidents, but I knew a little bit about crisis management. Okay, so in my limited knowledge, my very limited knowledge, I was able to help take leadership in that situation and help the process to move along. 
whatever had to happen. How much more is a God who knows everything that needs to be known, that ever was known, created everything, knows everything, how much more do you think he might be able to get you through your valley today? How much more? He's God. So valleys can be kilometres long. They can go for a while. You may not know when it will end, but you do know that God is with you. And the beauty about God is the dailiness of his shepherding. I'm just like blown away. Like I'm blown away by miracles. I'm blown away by healings. I'm blown away by, you know, financial breakthroughs and all these things that happen in our life. But I'm more blown away by the dailiness of his shepherding. Just the little, the little whispers in your ear, the little, oh, am just don't do that, do this. All these things that he does to protect you, to keep you safe. If you're listening to him, you'll hear the shepherd. You know what? I don't think that it's too spiritual to say that God can speak to you on a daily basis. I mean, we're in a relationship with our Father God here. If I'm in a relationship, I'm going to be speaking to that person on a daily basis. So it's okay. Don't worry about, oh, this sounds weird. God spoke to me about this. God spoke to me about that. It's okay. The, the Word of God actually says, my sheep know my voice. So you'll know, you'll start to understand what's God and what's not, but you only figure that out over time if you just step out and let him speak to you and test a few things and you'll start to understand, oh, that's the voice of the Lord. And you know, who, there is no limit to the amount of times he, he might want to speak to you in a day. I mean, there's a dying Sydney out there, people that don't know Christ. How many times in the day, if we opened our ears, might God want to speak? and say, hey, why don't you go and give that person $50? Why don't you go down the street and help your neighbour with this? There's all these opportunities to hear from the shepherd, but we're talking about us tonight, so we'll bring it back in. (laughs) So, you know, I think the challenge of trusting God is so common to man. In fact, it's so common that I think it's the thing that right from the very beginning, the book of Genesis is all about Well, the very beginning of the book of Genesis is all about man's challenge to trust in God. And we know this because we know that the enemy came with a lie. And that lie was, hey, you can't trust God. I know he said that to you about eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But actually, what he's trying to do is withhold something from you. And that has been the lie from the very beginning. So when you're in a valley, what's the first thing you need to do is you need to make a decision. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God, I'm going to trust God because all the lies that the enemy will bring against you in that valley will be lies about the faithfulness of God, God won't come through through for you here, he can't do that, he won't do that, he's not good, he's trying to withhold from you. I don't know how many times you've heard that lie in your life but I've heard it so many times, he's trying to withhold from you, he's trying to withhold from you. Am I just the only one here? Has anyone else heard that lie? Oh my goodness, it's absolutely... um, crazy how many times I've heard that. So the challenge of trusting God, you know, the enemy's pretty committed to his role of killing, stealing and destroying. John 10, 10 says that the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. He stays back nights at work, figuring out ways that he can steal from you, that he can destroy areas of your life. But here's the thing about the good shepherd. If you let him lead you, it's only the shadow you'll feel. He can never touch you. That's the thing about this scripture. He says, I walk through the valley of just the shadow of death. It's only a threat. It's just a threat. It's not actually going to touch me. 
because I've got a good shepherd and he can actually protect me. So if you can get that revelation about the good shepherd, honestly, it's one of the most powerful revelations you'll ever get because it's actually in those vulnerable places that the enemy attacks the most. It's almost like he sees you going through a, tri- a, a trial or a struggle and that trial or struggle could just be a life thing. It could just be something that happens in your life. It could be um, emotional, physical, it could be um, relational, it could be in your finances, it could be any of these different things. But here's the thing, the, the enemy is great at piggybacking on normal life circumstances. <laughs> and, and that's what he does. He hops on top of things. He's the absolute opportunist. He, he hops on top, top of stuff and goes, oh, I'm going to use this to try and whisper these lies into the ear and try and, and, and um, head them off course. So it's in those vulnerable, vulnerable places that the enemy attacks. So... What do we do? The enemy tries his best to attack, but he can't hurt you because the good shepherd wins every time. In Isaiah 43 verse 2, it says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. That's Isaiah 43 verse 2. So here, here is a perfect example of this very fact that even though the shadow threatens and, and comes near, it can never actually touch you. It can never actually get to you. The enemy is a, a threatener and a liar. And um, so if you're walking through anything with God, his protection is over you. His voice is with you. So um, I'm going to skip this little bit here, skip to the next bit. So the next part of that scripture is that you are with me. So stay with him. You don't have to walk through that valley alone. Grab people and bring them in and involve them. But I'm telling you, if you don't have God giving you those words as anchors, there's no um, guarantee that people will be able to get you through. It's God. He's the good shepherd. So stay with him. Don't walk through the valley alone. And it says here in the New Living Translation of that verse 4 scripture, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You are close beside me. It's a beautiful thing to be walking through a valley and feel God close beside you. In fact, the Word of God says He is a very present help in a time of trouble. That means that in this place of valley, in this shadow of death, you can actually feel God closer than sometimes any other times in your life. He's a very present help. And you can access him at any time. I don't know what some of you are walking through in this room tonight, but some of you haven't understood that you can access him at any time, any time of day. And you've been doing it on your own. And you're like that little mouse going around in a wheel. You're expending a lot of energy. You're expending a lot of anxious, nervous energy trying to get out of what you're in. But I'm telling you tonight, God is the one who will lead you out. God is the one. You know, the shepherd was never far from the sheep. I did a lot of research on sheep <laughs> a few weeks ago when I started this series. And, um, and, you know, he always had this watchful eye on them. He was always watching. He never turned his back. In fact, it was always the sheep who would stray from the shepherd. Isn't that interesting? It's never the, you know, the shepherd never wandered off. It was always the sheep who would wander off from the shepherd. 
And, you know, his trusty shepherd's crook would bring them back in. It had this kind of curve on it. And he would grab them from ravines and pull them out. He would grab them from the edge of cliffs and pull them backwards. He would go and find them if they strayed. He was a faithful shepherd. And that same faithful shepherd is our shepherd tonight. So I could walk through the valley on my own. I could try. But I'd rather walk through it with the one who knows all things and sees all things. I can feel him there. I can listen out for his direction. He leads me into victory. He doesn't just lead me out of the situation. He adds victory to the situation. It's like he adds a crown to your head or a notch in your belt or whatever it is. He's adding something. And that thing will never be taken away from you. I'm telling you, the revelations that you get in the valley, they're in there for life. (laughs) They're not moving. And, you know, no matter what anybody says, what anybody does, those revelations deeply planted within your soul you know to let God actually walk you through a valley you've got to you've got to stay close um several years ago when I had I call it a breakdown because that's what it felt like (laughs) I felt like I was a little car on the side of the road my bonnet had popped there was smoke just billowing up everywhere (laughs) I was done I was done I needed some serious repairs and um You know, I felt like I was walking through that valley that David describes. I felt this threat on a daily basis. My my chemicals were all over the place. I was constantly anxious. I remember telling um, C3 Urunga a couple of weeks ago that it, you know that feeling you get when you're standing on the edge of a cliff and your heart's pumping and your adrenaline's pumping and you've got that feeling of, oh, my goodness. I felt like that like (laughs) 24-7. It was this, um, it was absolute hell to walk through. But there was this moment Um, one night where I was sitting in my lounge room and I was writing in my journal and I remember writing, I'm just sick of being anxious. I'm so sick of being anxious because it felt like it was um, just completely taking over my world in every possible way. And I got up and I started pacing the room like a woman on fire. You know, I was going to beat the devil I was going to smash the devil. I was going to do my best to um, beat back the enemy, you know. And I, I got up and I stood up and I started pacing and binding and shunamahundering. And then I don't know what happened, but I just started walking a little slower. And I put on some worship music and I just started to worship the Lord. And, and then it slowed down just to being still. And I shut my eyes. And I'll never forget what I saw because it's imprinted in my heart forever. But I saw the good shepherd and he grabbed me and he pulled me really close. And he, he put like my head in his shoulder here. And he looked out. He was like scanning the horizon. He looked out over the horizon. And do you know what he said to me? He said, Emily, I see no danger from beginning to end. From, beginning, from the beginning of this journey all the way to the end, I see no danger. So, you know, I was talking about before when you're in the valley and it's dark and you can't see anything. He can see everything. And all I needed to hear was that I wasn't in danger. That's all I needed to hear. That then became an anchor for the next 18 months. He gave me that word very early on in the piece. 
And I remember walking through and every time I would feel danger, I'd feel it like, oh, what's going to happen? I can't breathe. Or my, I don't know, my throat's closing up. Or, you know, all those things that happen when you're having panic attacks and all those things. I just, I just went back to that one word. I'm in no danger from beginning to end. It's all I needed, church, was just one word from God, from the good shepherd. And he could see it all. You know, your warfare in the valley is not about your abilities and your strength. It's never been about your abilities and your strength. But will you stand still for long enough to hear the voice of the Lord in the valley? It's so important that you still yourself because the temptation, church, is to run ahead and try and fix things on our own and try and figure out the situation. I mean, I was Googling every 10 minutes. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's my symptoms? What are my symptoms? <laughs> I didn't need to. He was with me in the valley that whole time. All I needed to do was just stop for a moment, open my ears and hear his voice. And I heard it. To hear someone whisper, you need to stop, be still and stay close. Sometimes you need to stand still and be quiet. And um, the good shepherd saw all the way from the beginning to the end that there was no danger. You know, the shepherds used to meet their flocks early in the morning and they would gather the sheep and um, they'd do it by making a sound. I don't know what the sound was, like... <laughs> I don't know what it was. But they'd make a sound that the sheep recognised and the sheep would go, oh, that's my shepherd, oh, that's the way I go. And they would, trusting, trustingly, that's <laughs> the worst word, they would, they would begin to follow him because they knew he was a trustworthy shepherd. He had led them to water before. He had taken them out of dangerous situations before. They knew his voice. John 10.4 says, When he had bought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. You know, sometimes the, to hear the voice of God, you need the right conditions. And uh, Bernie Krause, may, many of you would never have heard of Bernie Krause in your entire life, and I hadn't either, but Bernie Krause was a soundscape recorder, which means he used to just record natural sound for the purposes of documentaries or movies or whatever it was. In 1968, so that's going back a few years, it would take 15 hours to record one hour of natural undisturbed sound. This is great for all you soundies sitting up the back. Um, but today, so 15 hours in 1968, but today it takes over 2,000 hours of recording time to get one hour of natural undisturbed sound. You know, church, it's much harder to find the silence that we need to hear God on a daily basis than it ever was before. Many people are regularly exposed to noise levels labelled as excessive by the Environmental Protection Agency. So does all this noise in our life make it harder for us to hear God? Absolutely, it does. So we have to make the decision to still ourselves, to quiet ourselves and go, God, what are you saying to me? I don't, I know I'm not going to get through without you. What are you talking to me about right now? Maybe it's just one little thing that will get you through the next one week, the next two weeks, whatever it is. God might want to give you instruction on your business. 
He might want to give you um, a key to um, helping your relationship go from damaged to healthy again. He might want to um, just give you a word that holds you steady throughout walking through this valley. Whatever it is, the voice of the shepherd is gentle and we need to stop and listen. You know, it says um, in this research I did about shepherds, eastern shepherds apparently were never um, driving their sheep like we see the western shepherds doing nowadays. The eastern shepherds were very gentle. They led them by going ahead of them or staying really close beside them. And that's like our God. He is a good shepherd. He is there to access on a daily basis. And, um, you know, David said at the beginning of the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. In other words, David had made a decision. You know, the context of this scripture is actually David was being pursued by his enemies. He was being pursued. So he was in a position where he was walking through a valley, a dark valley, and he was making a declarative statement at the beginning of that scripture, the Lord is my shepherd. In other words, if I'm going to trust anyone to get me through this valley, I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to trust your shepherding. You know, he said, he leads me beside the still waters. He leads me in paths of righteousness. To be able to make that statement, do you know what has to happen? You've got to actually let God lead you. You have to let him lead. David was a man who let God lead him through life. There are many leaders, but not many followers. If I could just get the band up, and I'm just going to tell you this quick story. S.I. McMillan, in his book uh, called None of These Diseases, tells a story of a young woman who wanted to go to college, but her heart sank when she read the question on the application form that asked, are you a leader? Being both honest and conscientious, she wrote no and returned the application expecting the worst. To her surprise, she received a letter from the college. Dear applicant, a study of the application forms reveals that this year, our college will have 1,452 leaders. We are accepting you because we feel it's imperative that we have at least one follower. Isn't that great? <laughs> I love that story because it just goes again to prove to us, you know, you, you, I know we feel like we have to lead our life. We've got to press forward. We've got to achieve this and we've got to achieve that. But there are some areas of our life where we're not to lead. <laughs> where we're to give up the reins to God and go, you know what, God, I don't know how to get through this valley. I have no clue. And it's okay to say that, church. It's okay to say I have no idea. I have no idea how to get myself from here to here. You know, I feel like men in this room sometimes can struggle with this, to just say, you know, God, I have no idea. It's all right to say it because you have a God who has every idea. <laughs> You have a God who can look out over that horizon of your journey and go, you know what, I know. I know what to do next. Some of you can't see one step ahead and all you need to do tonight is just ask God, what's the next step? What's the next step for me? I don't know what it is, but God knows. God knows what that next step is for you. You know, there are only two ways of finding out whether God is trustworthy in your life. You may not know he's trustworthy yet, there's two ways to find out. You either follow him and let him prove it to you, let him prove his faithfulness to you, or you run away and then you let him prove his faithfulness to you in a different way. <laughs> but either way, you're still going to come to the same conclusion that he's a good shepherd. You know, some of you in this room tonight, you've done the running away bit. You've done that part. You've given that shot. You've given it that part of shot you've done it 
you've run away from God at times in the middle of the valley and you've said, I can't, I can't do this anymore, God. I'm going. I don't trust you. I don't think you're good. I don't think I can get through. I'm going to go and forge my own way. You know, tonight, church, you're just saying, why don't you come back? Why don't you come back to the Good Shepherd? Why don't you come back to me and let me lead? Why don't you give me the reins? I can get you out of here. <laughs> I can get you through. I can take you all the way to the other side. I can put that victor's crown on your head at the end. You can be standing there and worshipping God and so thankful that the Good Shepherd walked you through that valley. You know, he's a good God, church. He's trustworthy. He's trustworthy on your best day and he's trustworthy on your worst day. He's trustworthy. And you know, the, the words that God wants to give you tonight are specifically tailored for you. They're specifically designed just for you in your situation. Nobody knows you like Jesus. And so he might just want to speak one word to you, maybe, maybe not tonight, but maybe this week. If you can find a moment, church, and just say, God, I'm going to still myself. I'm just going to stop just for a moment. I want to hear your voice, God. I want to know what you have to say to me because I trust you above all the other voices. And his words will be just designed perfectly for you. And you'll be able to say like David did, I, I don't fear any evil. I'm quietly confident that you're going to see me through this. You know, God's just not a good shepherd. He's a powerful shepherd. He's not just good. He's all powerful. Psalm 138 verse 7 says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand will save me. He's a powerful God, church. He rules in the midst of our enemies. Why don't you just close your eyes and bow your heads tonight? The Holy Spirit is here and he's just... I feel like tonight he wants to still, still our hearts for a moment. And just remind us again to be still and know that he's God. You know, at the end of every valley, he, we realise again the faithfulness. In Psalm 107, verse 14, he said, He brought them out of the darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. He doesn't just have the ability to walk you through. He has the ability to break your chains in pieces. He has the ability to silence the enemy in your life, to beat back every enemy. You know, the rod that the shepherds used was used to beat back the enemy. Robbers would try and come and steal steal the flock you know the, the enemy has come to try and steal some things out of your life some good things 
And if you'll just still yourself for a moment and let God beat back the enemy on your behalf. He sends every shadow scattering. He leads us to beautiful places. Thank you, Jesus. just here church and I just want to let him do his thing for a moment so if you'll just bear with me can we just sit here just for a moment and let God work in our hearts because there's so much that he wants to do that I I can't I, I don't know what, what he's wanting to do but I know he's wanting to do some things and I just see him settling on some hearts in here and just bringing order where there's no order and peace where there's no peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, John 10 verse 11 says, I'm the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. If there's anyone in this room tonight who you don't actually have a relationship with a good shepherd, you don't know God for yourself, Maybe that's you here tonight and you just want to acknowledge that by raising your hand and just saying, you know, I'd like to pray a prayer that invites God to be my shepherd. I want to pray a prayer that invites the Lord to lead me through this life. I want to acknowledge that I can't do life on my own anymore, but that I need the shepherd beside me. If that's you here tonight, can I just ask you to lift your hand? And I'll acknowledge it. And I'm just going to pray a prayer with you. Thank you, Jesus. Or maybe you're wanting to come back. Maybe you're like, you know, I'm that, I'm that sheep that keeps running away. That's me. <laughs> I keep running away from you, God. That's you here tonight. Just slip your hand up and again, we'll pray for you. Or tonight, if you just have no assurance in your heart, about where you're going to spend eternity. You, you need to make sure that you know, that you know, that you know that you're going to be with God. So if that's you, just pop your hand in the air as well. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can I just ask everyone to stand? God's so amazing, hey? His presence is here. Can I just get everyone to lift their hands in the air? And yeah, we're just going to worship Him for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're worthy, God. 